0: Welcome to the Ordinary People Doing Extraordinary Things podcast. These conversations are with people who are working on something interesting or have accomplished great things. We talk about their mission, their passion and their purpose. And the whole idea behind this podcast is to deconstruct the habits that led them to do what they do and learn from their experience so we can give you a direct insight and actionable steps to pursue your own passion and follow your own interests. This week's podcast is with Sina Forbes. Sina is a skyrunner. It's also called mountain running. She's also a digital marketing expert, a sports marketing and PR specialist. And she also coaches running in Munich. I met my multi-talented and passionate guest at our favorite fitness group uh, training in one of those mornings. And today we unpack what I consider the extreme sports of sky running how to prepare for it, what it takes to be a mountain runner, but we also speak about Sina's life when we get to know her habits, her lifestyle and her background. I'm very excited to share with you our conversation and without further ado, I'll let you tune in and learn about Skyrunning and about Sina. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing really well, thanks, how are you?
0: I'm pretty good. This is my first winter in many, many years. Um, and I'm inside warm with a very nice heater. So I can't complain. But this morning I had a little bit of a cycling trip outdoors and it was four degrees. And that's the coldest I have experienced in uh, close to six years. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard tomorrow at the ice bath fit, by the way. Yeah. Are you going there tomorrow?
1: Um actually I don't think I'm going there tomorrow but I was there this morning um mm. and then maybe again on Wednesday but um yeah it's it starts getting really really cold and the best thing is actually there's still the same amount of people even when it's snowing and freezing cold so that's quite That's cool.
0: motivation yeah yeah that's really cool. So what have you been up to today?
1: Um, yeah, so today I started off going to Iceberg Fit at six o'clock in the morning, which was fun. Mm-hmm. And then I spent the rest of the day um, in the office here in Munich. And um, yeah, just got home about an hour and a half ago. <laughs>
0: are you from Munich originally or did you move here at some point? A lot no. of people move to Munich and they are, I, I keep meeting people who are not from Munich and they move into it.
1: Yeah, Munich's full of people who aren't actually from here, which I guess is actually it's, it's quite cool. Um, no, well, I was actually born here, so I'm a combination of German and Scottish, which is a mm-hmm. strange combination but somehow kind of works. Um I'm <laughs> born here, my mom's from Munich and my dad's from Scotland. They moved they met here, had us kids and then moved to Scotland and I grew up there, moved back about 6 years ago. Uh, so, yeah, but definitely still feel more Scottish than German, to be honest.
0: So what happened to the accent?
1: Um, the accent was very strong until uh, I moved to Munich. And then I noticed that um, a lot of people couldn't really understand me. So I would be having a conversation with someone and maybe after about five minutes of me talking <laughs> the person would turn to me and say... Um, sorry, I didn't can understand. Can you repeat, please? You <laughs> so, yeah, I got a little bit exhausting, so I had to tone it down. But it's, it's still there. It comes back every now and again. It's still there.
0: Well, I can hear some tones sometimes, That's somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and so you said you've been to uh, at work. Okay, about work, actually. Well, since I came across your profile online, I have been very curious about what you do. And I became even more interested and more curious when I read uh, a little more about your profile and all the things that you're involved in. And I'm not sure specifically where do you put more priority or what takes more energy uh, and focus. So you are a digital marketing expert, a sport marketing specialist, a mountain runner, and you're also taking care of the skyrunning communication and PR. And you also coach running in evenings in Munich. So, uh, how do you actually introduce yourself when you meet people? You, you cannot possibly tell them this whole sentence.
1: Yeah, that's funny. I've never actually like sat down and thought of all the things that I do at the same time. Um, yeah, that's that's an interesting question. Like, how would I first of all introduce myself? Well,
0: how do you see yourself? What what do you identify yourself more with? Which one of those things that I just said now that you identify yourself more with?
1: I would definitely, like, I'm just someone who's absolutely crazy about sports. And so, yeah, that's where my passion lies. And I think it doesn't, it's, it's partly like doing sports myself. Like I love sports. I love mountain running. I love doing all kinds of sports. Um, but then I also love like the kind of business side of things. So that's where like the sports marketing comes into play. Um, I'm fascinated by athletes like I'm, I love finding out the athlete, like the story behind the athlete, and um, where they come from, how they got to where they are now, their mindset, because they're just so interesting, like such interesting, powerful people. Um, so yeah, for me, like I think the two are very much like combined, you know. So I, I'm just someone who's really interested about sports, and I love sports, and I've just been like so lucky I guess to be able to kind of combine the two things and it's now my 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 passion my hobby but also my career and so you know I I work in sports marketing but I, I also work digital sports marketing so I've yeah somehow kind of managed to combine everything so that I never really feel even when I am working it doesn't feel like I'm working it's it's fun for me and um yeah I guess that's Mm -hmm. and then obviously the coaching side of it as well it's that all plays a role in there so that's how that's how i do all these things but never it, it doesn't feel like i'm doing too much ever you know because i i enjoy it it's it's fun for me
0: and so technically speaking like practically speaking how do you manage to do all of it at once like i mean i guess sports okay you mentioned going early in the morning starting at six mm-hmm. you mentioned uh, 6 a.m this morning what about the rest and also i think i came across an article where you said you travel a lot that your your um, work slash lifestyle um uh, involves a lot of traveling how do you organize yourself to be able to do everything that you like including i guess family friends and um cool time you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, you definitely have to um, make compromises. You obviously can't have everything at the same time. So I guess for me, like I last year especially, I spent a lot of time traveling. I think I was in 16 countries last year in total, mm-hmm. which means I didn't have um, a lot of time to spend with family and friends. Um, but I guess for me, that wasn't so much of a priority at the time. Um, I'm someone who very much, you know, I have the things that I'm interested in and the things that I'm passionate about and I want to succeed in. And that really becomes a priority for me. Um, so I, I really am able to kind of like hone in on that and focus. And if that means I need to compromise on some things, then um, then I have to do that for for a while, you know, I guess that's that's all totally. part of it. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's really a case of, I'm someone who doesn't believe in this whole, I don't have time because mm. I think everyone has the same amount of hours in the day. It's how you use those hours that counts. I I wake up very early. I wake up between four and five every single day, even at the weekend. And, um, yeah, to get my things done. Like I, I train every morning because that means no matter what happens later on in the day, I've, I've managed to, you know, do that in the morning and nothing can change that. Nothing can take that away from me. Um, and then of course, it's just a case of just, you know, getting your stuff done for the rest of the day. And um, I, I don't really have a day off, I would say. Like I, I really do either train um, almost every day even if it's just like a light training, because that's just what I enjoy what I enjoy doing. And it's the same with my my job. I'm not like a nine to five person. Like I don't say, okay, it's five o'clock, you can't reach me, you can't contact me anymore. That's it. Sometimes I feel I'm very productive in the evening. So oh. I might stop for a few hours during the day. And um, that's that's the one thing that I really enjoy about being a freelancer and having like freedom with my work I can I can say okay I don't feel productive right now so I'm just going to take a break for a few hours and get back to it in the evening and when I do feel productive and then yeah I can kind of you know figure that out based on how I'm feeling and yeah I guess that that's that's all part of um Mm -hmm. all part of how I how I use my time I think I do use it very efficiently and effectively. I'm not someone who kind of just sits around and and doesn't really do much. Um, I'm, I'm very much on the go all the time, but at the same time, I also know when when I need to take a rest and when I need to just calm down and, and mm. de-stress and chill. And do,
0: do you structure and plan for rest days or you take it as, it as it comes when you feel it?
1: Yeah, I usually take it as I feel it. Mm. So I'm quite kind of, I mean, I, I've learned and when my, especially with training, like when my when my body starts to feel a little bit tired, I, I really make sure like, okay, don't push it too hard. Just take a break, sleep a little bit longer sometimes, go to bed a bit earlier and take a nap, take a day off. And it's the same with work and the same with socializing as well. Like sometimes I feel like, okay, I've spent a lot of time with people. I've spent a lot of time in the office. I've spent a lot of time, you know, my brain is like really... Working a lot, and that's when I just switch everything off for for a, a day or so and just rest mm.
0: I was just going to ask you actually about um, missing out with time with friends if uh, If you have that rhythm of waking up at four thirty five a m um, every day, I don't know about you, but like for me, like I cannot do that plus staying up late at night like if i usually my bedtime is somewhere between nine and 10 thirty. And if I stay a few nights uh, long or like even sometimes one night long, passing midnight or 1 a.m., then I can really, really feel it. And I'm not in the best mood and uh, not as productive as I want to be. So how do you feel about Uh, like how do you do it like in the evening like do you still meet friends sometimes in the evenings or they know you and they know you you uh you have your schedule and you're like going up early or maybe they are in the same rhythm same page as you they do the same thing
1: yeah like it it's funny that you say that like if you speak to anyone like or any of my like friends here in munich i they all make the same joke that i'm like an old woman I'm always like if there's a party or if there's a dinner or anything, I'm always the first one to kind of like sneak away, and yeah, they all kind of understand that and they know that that's that's just the way I am. Um, it's different though. For example, when I'm I'm working for the Sky Running season, there when we're traveling, we're usually up really late just because we always have so much work to do at the races at the events. Um, so yeah, that was a bit of a shocked the system last year when I had to kind of alter my routine but um yeah that's just another thing I'm quite adaptable as well mm-hmm. so if it's something I mean if I really do need to change it um in order to, to you know fulfill my job or fulfill my role then like I'll do it you know without kind of without a second thing without giving it a second thought but um yeah. how
0: do you set boundaries how do you request boundaries do you ask for it or like they they, they know you you don't have to ask for uh, those boundaries
1: you mean um, from from my job or from um,
0: friends from people from job you know i'm asking this question specifically because i'm hoping that one of my clients who is um uh, a fighter okay. she would be listening to this because She's young, and all her girlfriends uh, at her age—they are doing complete different things. Not not mm-hmm. in the same rhythm as she is. Mm-hmm. And she—I think she asked me that question a few, uh, a little while ago, like three months or more, on how to set boundaries with um, her her classmates because mm-hmm. they want to go. They it's, it's like they're 16, 17 years old. They want to do things, and she does. She do feel sad because she doesn't follow them. But she, in the same time, she knows. Why she's doing what she's doing, yeah. but it could be if you can share something, it could be helpful not only for her, for her but for other athletes that are also confronted with this kind of uh, what do you call it these days? formal
1: Oh yeah, we are missing out. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, at the beginning, it's really hard. Like especially if you want to go somewhere with your friends, um, but you know that you shouldn't and yeah, it it is hard and I guess when I first started doing it um I did feel like a little bit so uh, like isolated um but I think over time if they are like really your friends and you explain to them like okay this is what I have to do to to reach my goal if they are really your friends and they understand that and mm-hmm. um They accept that and rather than trying to persuade you to do something that you shouldn't do, they kind of support you in going in the right direction. And as long as you really stay focused and, um, I mean, if you know it's the right thing to do and if you are really passionate about your goal and if you've worked really hard already to get that far, then you should be able to kind of fight through that initial hard point mm. um, and it gets much easier over time like for sure and you you right. realize also how how good do you feel when you go to bed early and wake up early and I don't you don't have a hangover or you don't feel tired and then you know over time you can start to loosen up a little bit and maybe go out once or twice again with friends and and then it's fine, and then you actually really enjoy that time even more. Um, that, that's how I feel now. You know, when I do spend um, a late evening out, or I mean, I, I don't drink very much anymore. But when I do have a glass of wine with my family or with my friends, it's always a special occasion, and I feel um, you. Yeah, you you really enjoy it. You I enjoy the flavor of the wine and I enjoy being there with my family and with my friends. And, um, it's not just something that you do all the time anymore. It's, it's much more special.
0: It is. I hear you. I hear you. Cause I'm, <laughs> I'm a bit the same, but I'm still struggling with finding the right crowd, <laughs> the yeah. right crowd that follows the same thing, especially because I'm new in town. Okay. Mm-hmm. But you mentioned working as a freelancer. So you, you don't work you work directly with athletes or with agencies who work with athletes?
1: Um so yeah, I work more or less directly with with the athletes. Okay. Um, so yeah, I I did work for a company here called Freeletics. I don't know if you've heard of them.
0: Yeah, yes, of course.
1: Yeah, and the bodyweight training app. So yeah, I was at Freeletics for four and a half years I think it was um, and that was amazing I had uh, such a good time I really learned that was when I actually really started getting into sports when I worked at Philetics I learned about, a lot about myself a lot about working in a team Um yeah I think that was like a, a really good um, a really good environment to be in especially straight out of university and but uh, yeah, after four and a half years there decided, okay, I, w- I want some more freedom. I'm, I'm not such a nine to five office person anymore. I wanna get out and do my own thing and be more connected with like sports and the outdoors and the mountains. And an opportunity came up at Skyrunning. Um, it was freelance. And I remember at the beginning thinking, wow, freelance is really scary. I don't know if I can like, I don't know if I can do that, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. you lose all the security. It's a big risk. But in the end, like I kept, it was funny. I I called my mom actually. And I, I said, I don't know what to do if I should do this freelance thing. And she kept saying all these things against it. Like, yeah, but what if, you know, you have to do your own taxes. And what if like they don't need you anymore and you have to find something else. And every time I was, answering her with yes, but, and, you know, giving an argument for it. And in the end, she said, Sina, I've just been, um, saying all these reasons for you not to do it. And you've been arguing back for reasons to do it, which 100% shows that you should just go for it. And yeah, then I made like this decision, like, okay, I need to just stop being so scared about all these things that could go wrong and just go for it. And, um, it was a massive risk, but completely paid off. And yeah, so I started with Skyrunning, and I was doing their PR communication, um, so working with so many different people from so many different countries, it was incredible. And, but yeah, in direct contact with all the athletes we had following the circuit, which was really, really cool. Mm-hmm. And mm. even now, so Skyrunning is on hold. Um, I' 19. So because of covid yeah Mm. so the circuit is now on hold we didn't have a circuit in 2020 and i'm working now for a different company in munich also freelancing and i've still managed to kind of um yeah keep keep keeping communication and keeping contact and working with athletes and still to this day so i i love it like i really really enjoy it
0: really really nice okay well can you tell me a little bit now more about sky running, sky running or mountain running? I don't know how you call it specifically. It's such an unusual sport. Like I never heard about it before. Or maybe a, I, I did hear about athletes, Olympic athletes, runners who train in high altitude. Yeah. Is it the same thing?
1: Um, No, not really. Because I mean, I guess those athletes, they, they specifically train their sport, but at a high altitude, I would imagine, right?
0: Yeah, so, I mean,
1: yeah. I think
0: some of them, that they are from those countries where there's like a higher altitude, mm-hmm. I think from Africa and some places there. And then it makes them even better runners when they go and run in a flatter, uh, um, more uh, ocean, mm-hmm. sea level kind of um, areas. But some of but them go and train there specifically for, in purpose.
1: i guess they just train like on track or flat Mm -hmm. road running or something yeah
0: so sky running is completely different like it's like a hike
1: going fast on a hike it's like think of of a mixture of you know trail running Mm -hmm. so running on trails so i mean you have you have basic road running so like you know your city marathons your city half marathons your 10k's um, then you have like track, so 200, 400, um, 1,000 meters. And then you have trail running, which is running on trails, so off-road. Um, and trail running is, yeah, it's becoming like a a really big sport now. Um, but it pretty much means, I mean, trail running you can do in Munich, you can do it along the Isar. It just means you're not running on um, tarmac you're running on trails then you have um within trail running you have mountain running which Mm -hmm. is one step up and that's where you are running in the mountains but of course it's still very much running it's not technical um you're just yeah you have a lot more elevation gain and then you have um sky running and sky running is you can think of it like a mixture of trail running and um, like alpinism. So the objective is to go from a town to the, the top of a mountain. Um, so yeah, you run and, and then back down again, of course, which is also very important. So sometimes you can, sometimes you have to use your hands. It gets very technical. There are sometimes like fixed ropes and um, like kind of easy via fe- ferratas some of our races are you're running over a glacier so you need to so
0: include in the via ferratas
1: some of them yeah but not oh, with wow. harness so via ferratas where you don't need a harness
0: okay um, wow.
1: yeah it's uh yeah we have a lot of ridge running so yeah it's really technical trail running more or less uh, very, and i saw
0: it like it was between 22 and 66 66 kilometers
1: yeah so most of Huge. our races are around 30, like the average, yeah. Like the classic sky running sky race is um around 30 kilometers, but we do have some that go up to 60.
0: Mm-hmm. And those races are gender mixed or um, specific, like male and female? Male uh,
1: gen- yeah, gender mixed. So we have females and males. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, the cool thing is, is now there's so many more females coming into the sport. So we see, yeah, a lot more young people as well, young people and females who would have been taking part this year um, in the circuit, which is very cool. Mm.
0: Okay, wow, it sounds, it sounds actually like an intense extreme sport. Like when I when I walk fast up a hill, I have my heart pounding in my throat, yeah. like running. And I can't imagine even how that's going to be. And I consider myself quite athletic and sporty. So how, how would someone would prepare for such a sport, for such a, a race?
1: Like the top runners, I don't know if you've heard of a guy called Killian Journey.
0: Sounds um, uh, familiar rings a bell. Mm-hmm. What about him?
1: He, yeah, I mean, he is definitely like the best, the best mm-hmm. in the world. And these guys are so crazy. Like, it's insane. You cannot believe how fast um, they are able to run these kind of courses, run uphill especially. It's really, really incredible. Um, And, I mean, actually just as hard is the downhill. We have really technical downhills where they are, like, jumping from rock to rock. It's really steep, you know, one slight minor move can um, cause you to, you know, trip and fall and really, really injure yourself. But um, they're, yeah, they're pretty fearless. Um, but yeah, most of them, a lot of them are uh, ski, skimo athletes, so ski mountaineering. Right. Mm. Where it is, you know, a lot of uphill training. And so, yeah, they come, a lot of actually skyrunning running athletes, they come from different sports. And the strength that they've picked up from the other sports help them with with their sky running. But it really is just a lot of training. You have to be this, this kind of person mentally and physically who can endure really tough conditions, really technical running. Um, you've got to also be able to reach, uh, reach a really, really difficult point and not give up. We see that a lot. Um it's kind of what separates the really, really good ones and not average ones, but the ones who aren't that good is is this ability to really, you know, just push through and even when they reach a point where they think like you cannot go on anymore, they're able to really push push past mm-hmm. that and keep going. Um so, That's yeah.
0: more mental, right?
1: Yeah, that's more mental. I mean
0: mm.
1: Yeah. You have to so how be- do you prepare
0: when you're in season?
1: um you mean the uh, for racing?
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, you know they all have such different uh training plans the athletes. What
0: about what about you specifically?
1: What about me? What, so when I'm racing? Yeah. I do a little bit of everything as well to be honest. Like uh I think a lot of functional training is important. Really strengthening like all your joints especially. I find I, uh, when I'm doing things like icebox fit, especially, um, that's when I'm I'm strongest actually with mountain running because my my ankle joints are really strong. That's something that you need. You need really strong ankles. Otherwise, it's it's easy to twist your ankles or, you know, to hurt your knees and stuff like that on the mm-hmm. downhill. So this kind of functional training is really important and something that I think runners don't pay enough attention to. And that's why quite a lot of people are injured, because they are they spend too much time running rather than actually, you know, strengthening the muscles you need um, to deal with that kind of impact. So I, I really focus on that, as also on core strength, that plays a massive role. Um, and then, of course, different kinds of running. So... I do a little bit of long distance, some endurance runs, also interval training. It's really what we focus on as well with my running group here in Munich. We, we do a lot of um, high intensity interval speed training, and then also some tempo runs as well. But um, yeah, I spend a lot of time in the mountains as well.
0: <laughs> what about um, uh, lifting and strength for, I don't know, for example, legs and um, mm-hmm. squats and all that? How, do you do you have also to prepare for that a lot? Do you spend some time at the gym?
1: Not that much, to be honest. I'm not a big fan of training indoors. Mm. Um, I'm not. I don't know why. I, I just love to be outside. Sometimes, uh, sometimes I do train indoors. For example, tomorrow I'm going to be training indoors and maybe doing some weight because I do really like lifting. But if it if I have the choice between going outside and doing something there. Or going into the gym just to lift heavy weights, I always choose outside. So usually the heaviest weights I will do is the bath uh, fit, mm-hmm. and then yeah, it's it's not that heavy, but at the same time I, I do always try to pick up the heaviest weight that they have, just that I can yeah give my legs a little bit of of uh, heavy weight. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, I do train I do train my legs a lot actually.
0: Okay. Well, how about the mental game? I have a little bit of a guess, but let you. I let you tell me first what you come up with, and then see if my <laughs> guess is correct.
1: Uh, I'm really interested to hear what your guess is.
0: <laughs>
1: um, so, you mean how do I how do I mentally train?
0: Yeah, like uh, you know, because you said when you when you go in on those conditions, you mm-hmm. you get a push for the next level because yeah. sometimes uh, it just kicks in and you can't go further up or further down or faster or something yeah so that's i don't know there's resilience there or um yes
1: exactly like i think resilience is like one of the key things you need as an athlete in your career and in anything like i think resilience is so important it's so much more important than talent or anything like that like I think the ability to really hit such a low point where you feel like you, like you are literally about to like, like you can't go any further and then, but then the ability to like just keep going and push through that is like the key thing um, for success in in Mm -hmm. everything in life. And I think I've, I've learned that over the years um, and yeah, I think it all started actually with mountain running. Like there, there were a few times where I really doubted, like, should I do this? Can I do this? Um, and went for it anyway. And uphill I always find especially is, is, is hard for me. It's, my strength is actually in the downhill running. So I always faced this, this moment in so many races where um, I thought, oh, I cannot do this. Like I have to stop, I cannot mm. keep going. And sometimes it was really close to the beginning of the race, maybe after ten k, and you you still have twenty kilometers to go, you still have two thousand meters to climb, and somehow I always managed to continue. I never ever quit a race, and I always managed to continue and actually do really really well. And every time that you you overcome this moment, you grow and you it's you a feedback. learn. Exactly. And and you remember that moment. So when you're faced with that moment again, you remember back to the last time that you felt that and you think, look what happened. Like and you push through. Imagine if you quit. Like imagine if you quit, you wouldn't have won that race. Imagine if you quit, you wouldn't have, I don't know, like achieved that thing that you achieved last time. So just keep going. You never know what can you never know what will happen. And like I'm also someone I don't really believe in failure um i don't really think i think as long as you try uh you will never really fail you know so even if you don't do as well as you think you were gonna do if you don't make the podium you still you still would have learned something you know you would have said okay this is where i went wrong i have to go back i have to work harder i have to come back and do it again Exactly. Like the only time you will you will really fail and you will walk away with nothing is when you stop. Is when you stop exactly, or mm. when you don't try. And so I think that, there's
0: no failure. There's only feedback.
1: Yeah, exactly. Mm. There's feedback and there's learning. And I think every risk I take and every everything I do, I I really try and come away with it mm. with something that I've learned and something that I can grow from and. And work on and come back better. So that's that's kind of my motivation in, in everything I do.
0: Mm-hmm. So my guess was that you train for resilience by going in the, into the cold water at seven a.m. <laughs> after the ice buffet, <laughs> after training. I heard you <laughs> with your friend the other day going for a swim when it was freezing. After so that, that's a part of the resilience. That's mental game, mental training. Stay in the cold water.
1: What's this? This is fun. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, you're right. Okay. That's all part of it as well. Mm. Have, you, have you done it before?
0: Oh, yes. I'm a big advocate of the practice. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, I find uh, water not cold enough for now. Not yet cold enough. Yeah. Uh, still, uh, I, I mean, I, I did a little bit of the training, the workshops with uh, Wim Hof and what, mm-hmm. what he does in uh, ice cubes combined with the breath work, etc. So uh, I I still, I mean, what I do here in my place is uh, cold showers Mm -hmm. and uh, I love, I love, I love love contrast therapy and so far I haven't found a place here uh, where they have actually the proper contrast therapy, which is like, I don't know, you you know what I mean by contrast therapy, like going to the sauna and then going to the ice. You got to go to a spa to do that. Mm-hmm. And um, I have visited other places in the world where it was not necessarily a spa. It was like a, a place where I actually do it to, you know, to get the benefits out of it. And in spas here, uh, they have this amazing big spas with so many different types of saunas. And mm-hmm. the this, this smelly uh, incense one, the this, the that. But then there's no cold and there's only the showers and showers are not cold enough. Yeah. And sometimes the lake is not just around the corner to jump in it and it's still not cold. But let's see, winter is coming and maybe I have, I'll, I'll get my kick from some of these. Unless you tell me you know a place and recommend it, then I'll go to it.
1: You know, I've tried places. Um, I've also tried like this, you know, these really cold ice chambers. What's it? Is it cryo?
0: Cryo, yeah.
1: But, you know, somehow I don't find it as satisfying as going into the... The ice not buff, the same thing right cold water mm-hmm. when it's like zero degrees i love mm-hmm. that feeling so if ever you want to join us
0: mm-hmm. next so time I'm- i am in tomorrow I'm at tomorrow you're not going there i'm going there tomorrow and wednesday by the way okay. so we can yeah. plan to do that afterwards perfect and so yeah i wanted to start because you, you mentioned a couple of times um the the before and the after. I mean, the first time in this conversation, we talked about how you came across sports. It was when you mentioned your experience at triathlons, and just a few minutes ago, you started. You talked about your starting point, like when you just started running. So, uh, can you can you take me and the people listening back a little bit to how this was? How were you? What were you up to? Um, and how did sports started for you in the first place? Were were you an athletic kid? Were you always into sports? Um, what kind of kid
1: were you? Yeah, so I I come from a a pretty athletic family. My dad's a runner. My mom, um, she did a lot of sports like skiing, swimming. Um, so growing up, we were in every kind of sports club. <laughs> um and then in high school and in university I played basketball and high school I played a lot of team sports actually hockey um all that kind of stuff and then later on actually in my in my last few years of university I I didn't do that much sports anymore I was really focused on my degree and at that point I was also working in a bar to fund my um, yeah, my lifestyle as a student. So I didn't at the time train that much. And yeah, I, I could really feel, like I didn't feel very good to be honest at the time. Um, I wasn't the most healthy person. And then I came to Munich and I started working at Freeletics. Um, I mean, deep down I always had this this kind of base, like high baseline. When it comes to to uh, to sports and fitness, like naturally, I'm quite a quite a fit person. So it was quite painful to to see to know that I had potential, but I just wasn't really doing anything with it. Um. So yeah, I started. What was
0: the tipping point?
1: Um, I think it was really when I started at Freeletics, and I I was in this environment. You know, I was surrounded by all my colleagues trained and yeah everyone who worked there was training and you know i was working for a a product that was designed to help people um who were more or less like me and people who were fit but they yeah they somehow just needed like you know a little a push a little helping hand or you know a structured plan to to take that off their shoulders to say okay today you're going to do exactly this. Tomorrow you're going to do exactly, you know, so it was one less thing that you had to think about. You just looked at your phone. Okay, 50 burpees. Okay, I'll do it, you know. Um, and yeah, so I think it was, it was a really it's just a massive turning point in my life. And it really pushed me in that in that direction. And it it completely reignited this passion I had for sports. And yeah, from there, I think I, I really started to to grow as a person. I, I love the feeling I got when I had just completed a really hard Feeletics workout. I don't know if, have you tried Feeletics?
0: I downloaded the app, but I never really tried. I actually clicked on some um, sections just to check it out, but I haven't, um,
1: I didn't try it yet. Yeah I mean now it's it's changed a little bit I have to say the training so when I started working there it was really really hard it was really tough Um, yeah. it had a reputation of being this really hardcore kind of training which it was so it was you know body weight only pull-ups push-ups burpees like burpee after burpee after burpee and um but the, really the feeling you got after athletics workout, I have to say, there's like nothing that makes you feel nothing that has made me feel like that, I have to say, because it was just so hard. And yeah, but it was one of the things that really showed me, like, if you just keep going, you can really achieve anything. And I guess it was from there that I started then um, getting back into running. So I did some cross country also in high school. Um, Yeah. And then I started just doing, you know, 5Ks, 10Ks and realizing that actually I was really fast. And I think this is also something that came from this high intensity bodyweight training. It it raises your your baseline and you are able to really push yourself so much harder. Um, And then I took part in my first half marathon race and I got a really good time. I came second and i couldn't believe it i was completely shocked like what this is crazy and uh, yeah i think it was just that that feeling of success and that feeling of achievement and just being proud of yourself like every every training session everything i went through like um yeah got me to where i am now and it was just such a nice feeling and that that's when i really just got so into it and and just started running all the time and I just fell in love with it. And then I started trail running and combining like my passion of mountains with my passion of running when I started mountain running. And yeah, I think from there, I just kept going and going and going. And. Right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and then, so what, what were you, what did you want to be when you were a kid? Like, did you have a vision of where you want to go with, with, um, with your life? Like, I don't know, when you were small. Sometimes we think we want to be a doctor. We want to be this. We want to be that. What was your? Uh...
1: Yeah, I actually wanted to be a lawyer when I was younger. A lawyer. Okay. I wanted to be a lawyer. Um. Yeah, my my mom always said it was because I was very headstrong, and she, <laughs> and when she would when she would tell me off, I would always have some kind of like lawyer argument to come back and like argue my case. So, <laughs> That was funny. But then, yeah, I mean, I studied business and marketing in in university. Um, I'm, I'm actually, like, a really creative person. Uh, I love – create like, yeah, I just love to be creative. And so I think, like, being a lawyer, I realized, okay, that's going to take a really long time for me to do that. Do I really want to be, like, you know, doing that for so long? And then I thought – and also, I want to do something where I'm more – creative um so that took me in the direction of marketing and um yeah I really I, I enjoy marketing a lot actually I have to mm-hmm. say I did some really good projects at university um one around red bull and I learned a lot about you know their strategy and so when I came out of university I did want to continue with marketing and yeah I was really lucky to find something in sports and I think it just kind of evolved from there like from Freeletics that was a lot more yeah that was like digital digital marketing um and you know kind of more in the direction of everything was online which you know I still do now but um I really much more enjoy working with people Um, Yeah,
0: directly with athletes specifically right
1: exactly directly with Mm -hmm. that yeah and with journalists Mm -hmm. and yeah so that's that's how I kind of came to where I am again does
0: it ever get stressful
1: oh like I mean
0: everything else everything together mixed up work life does it get does it get tough
1: Last year, I have to say, it, it, there were points where it was very stressful, especially with the traveling, because you're you're working all the time and um, you're working with people from different time zones. Anyone who works in PR will know that you have to be available all the time. <laughs> um, and so, you know, when I was in Japan, I had people calling me from Europe at three o'clock in the morning and, you know, I'd have to wake up and take a call. Um but then as well you know just yeah just trying to imagine trying to do like the job that you're doing right now but at the same time traveling the world and not always having the right internet connection or you know jet know.
0: also jet lags well, and being able yeah. to stay fit and doing a workout and waking up in time and functioning
1: having to eat weird food and food that your your body's not used to and just wanting to go home and sleep in your bed for once you know or not having to live out of a suitcase so yeah there were points where it was really stressful but um I think there after every stressful moment there was always a moment that made me realize everything was worth it and I'm someone who like I, I actually quite enjoy that stress like I I need something you know like I really couldn't have just a job where I go in every day. I know exactly what I'm doing. You know, I'm just, you know, like a factory line, just, okay, finish that, go home, switch off on my job. I'm someone who always needs, I always push for more. I always want to do more. And if that means that you have to experience a little bit of stress now and again, then that's, that's totally fine, to be honest.
0: So when you think of the word pressure, what do you think of? What comes to mind? Mm.
1: Pressure, I think.
0: Nothing specifically? Oh, mm-hmm. uh, you said I think, okay.
1: <laughs> pressure. Like sometimes I think pressure is, I think pressure is, is good actually. Um, like my, my boss, my old boss in Skyrunning, um, I'm going to send this to him actually so he can listen to it. I, I have to say he did put a lot of pressure on me. And but but I think that's where I really pushed myself more in a good way. Um I always said he was someone like he did really expect a lot, but I yeah, I think I think it was a good pressure. It was a good pressure for me to kind of push my limits and to do more and you know, and and at the end of the day. I was always happy that he did put that pressure on me because, you know, I always managed to kind of succeed and achieve the thing that, um, he, he deep down knew that I could do, but maybe at the time I didn't think I could.
0: So, Mm -hmm. so pressure is healthy. It's not, not that bad. Like, I mean, of course there's an amount of pressure that is too much, but so far, I mean, you have a good relationship with pressure. The word pressure doesn't scare you off.
1: No. Like, I think I'm someone who's, like I said, I'm quite headstrong. And if I think that someone would, like, if I think if there was too much pressure, like I would be the first person to say, okay, like, let's, let's calm down. Let's chill. But I, I do, I do think like a little bit of pressure, you do need that sometimes Mm. because otherwise you're just going to stick to what you're comfortable with. um rather than kind of pushing yourself, into you know new territory or you know just to try something to try something more and i think that's good
0: right good i like it so here you go people whoever is listening and think that pressure is not good please shift that thinking to a new thinking pressure is good thing
1: yeah i think people should be able to to know when it's too much um you know but mm-hmm. I think we if you sit down and think like for example I think a lot of people in their job they think oh my boss puts so much pressure on me to perform and but if you really sit down and think okay what what is it that they really want you know and what what are you able to do like are you able if you really try and if you really like you know prioritize and plan your time, can you actually achieve that? Um, And if you can achieve that just by pushing yourself a little bit more, then I think it's, it's a good thing.
0: Right. I agree. Yeah, totally. How did you learn that? And by that I'm not necessarily looking at a specific moment that happened, that shifted that paradigm, but it could be also books you read, articles you came across somebody told you something an experience you had
1: mm-hmm. or all of it um I, like I do read I do read a lot of books um and yeah I, I think I do take quite a lot from those books for example I think the best book I read was called grit I don't know if you've heard of it
0: I love that one yeah
1: yeah it's a really really good one Mm-hmm. um but I think I also learned it from people for example you know um my boss my my boss who I was just telling you about um yeah he he was a he was a tough guy but at the same time he was a really really good boss and I remember being at an event um it was he you know he was he owned his own race circuit so he was the boss of sky running but separately he owned his own race circuit and he invited me one time to come and do one of his races, and it was when I'd I wasn't I hadn't been working for him for that long, um, and I remember turning up there in the morning. It was maybe five thirty, and it was pouring with rain. It was still a little bit dark, and I was going to pick up my bib number, and I I pulled up, and he was the first, the only person there, um, you know getting all the the things ready in the pouring rain and i thought that's for me that's like the most motivating thing and that's when i i got so much respect for him because i thought okay he he puts a lot of pressure on me he expects me to do a lot but that's because he um
0: leads you know, by example
1: exactly he leads by example and he's here and he, i don't think he would ever expect me to do something that he himself wouldn't do um, mm-hmm. and, you know, he's here at 5.30, he's the boss, he has, like, so many people, volunteers, I don't know, anyone who could be doing this for him, which most race organizers would probably do, you know, but he's here at 5.30, he's setting everything up, he's not complaining, he doesn't, you know, and for me, that was, like, okay, that's, that's an example, and that's totally fair for me, mm-hmm. like, I think he was a very fair person, and, yeah, I think I, I learned a lot from him in, in that sense.
0: I'm reading a book, uh, actually I'm revisiting it. It's called about, it's called um, uh, Leadership Principles by Joko Willing, And he mentioned, he had a whole chapter about that, about what is leadership and what kind of leadership you have and all the principles of it. And this was one of uh, the things he said, like, yeah, pick up the trash, even if you're a leader and other people give lead by example. You don't have just to do the, Boss jobs, but everything, and yeah. that can inspire people and impact them. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you earn respect through that. Don't expect them to respect you; earn respect.
1: Exactly. Totally. Mm. I, I I feel exactly the same, and that's when he really like earned my respect. And from then on, I thought, okay, even if he does put pressure on me, like I really wanna, I wanna do well for him yeah. because I think that's what he deserves.
0: Have you done any work uh, around your why, like purpose, mission, purpose? So like if I ask you, why do you run, would you, ha- would you know how to articulate that?
1: Um, I mean, I, I don't think I have one specific why. I think I have a lot of whys. <laughs> That's okay,
0: that works too, yeah.
1: Um, like for me, I think running gives me like this feeling of freedom. Um, I am not someone also who, like, I can't really meditate. I'm not a very, like, I can't sit down and, and close my eyes and really try and meditate. I find that really difficult. So for me, running is like a, a form of meditation, especially mountain running on on the downhill. I've, I've said that before. It's, it's really, you have to be 100% pro, uh, focused and present. And um, yeah, just you know, really paying attention to every, every single step. So you don't have time to think you cannot, you know, you're really just there present in the moment. So when I come to the bottom of like a downhill run, I feel like, yeah, my mind is like completely empty. I feel so, I don't know, somehow like I've just meditated, I I guess. Mm -hmm.
0: that, that is I think what you're describing there is uh, called the flow state so that's an extreme focus like you're mm-hmm. focusing to something and almost uh, unconscious um, like your body knows what he ha- what he has to do mm-hmm. and you're just doing it in a completely in like in, in, um, in a flow and um, mm-hmm. that happens when your ch- the challenge level of what you're doing matches your skill level and there's that sweet spot where uh, they connect you're not in uh, if, if your skill level is low and the challenge is high. If the, 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 the connection point will be in anxiety or worry, if your skill level is high in what you do and your challenge level is, is low, then it connects in, in um, the area of boredom or relaxation. But when you have both challenging and skillful, then you're in super flow, and that's like meditative, flowy. You're completely in a tunnel. You're just doing one movement after the other, one. Boom, boom, boom for an, minutes or hours. Uh-huh. And at the end, it's like you came out from somewhere special.
1: That's so cool to hear because that's exactly mm. how I feel. <laughs> and then, yeah, so mm. that's, like a, that's one of the reasons why I do it because I love, I love that feeling and I think I need that from time to time. And um, the only thing where I really get that feeling from that's why yeah that's why I run um and I think I also really just I just like the feeling of progression you know I like the feeling of every day waking up and thinking like okay I'm gonna try and somehow be better than I was yesterday and I think running plays like a huge role in that so yeah
0: nice so what's coming up next? What's next for you? Uh, are you pl- planning for some um, contest? Like you said, everything is off right now. So what's, what's, uh, what's for you uh, for the next months and the uh, near future?
1: Um, in terms of like racing, um, I don't really have anything planned. For the near future, and um, at least until next year, unless something spontaneous comes up, but I don't really think there's going to be many races. Um, I'm actually going to go back to Scotland. I'm going to move back to Scotland at the end of this month, um, mainly just because I I feel like I have a much better connection with the nature there. Mm. Um, I love like the wilderness of Scotland and. For me that's where I feel most happy running so I've decided yet yeah, to go back there for at least six months Um, and then yeah I guess I just see what happens next year <laughs> hopefully we can get the circuit back up and running again and you know I can get back to traveling and I really miss you know meeting new people that's why Uh, that's one of the things I love most about my job and that's what I hope to be back doing next year so yeah
0: and until then keep on training keep on practicing keep on challenging in here locally and in uh, Europe I guess and all the places where we can go to while COVID is still restricting us a little bit
1: yeah that's that's the plan
0: that is so cool it was really nice um talking to you finally um i think we met a couple of times already in uh, in the fitness in the morning but i, I wasn't i wasn't sure it was you uh, until i heard the coach calling you your name
1: that's funny i do actually How's remember it? we spoke one morning it was just before mm-hmm. i was going to the water
0: yeah and- exactly with your friend he was speaking english so i pick up english when somebody's speaking english finally yes they can speak english right, let's talk to them
1: <laughs> <laughs> what, what was in munich actually no sorry what brought you to munich
0: well it's a vibrant nice city there's water everywhere cyclable everywhere and mountains that are an hour away oh. and people are nicer than what other people told me about munich before i come to munich
1: yes that's you know it's funny <laughs> thing i have to say people they say bavarians are really mean um, and rude but actually it's one of the things I like about the people in Bavaria because they are, they're just very honest and I think what you see is what you get with them. So they can come across in the beginning as a little bit, yeah, maybe rude. But um, once you do get to know them, they're actually really nice people and really loyal and they're 100% real. Like they're not fake at all. So I have to say that I, I do like that about the people here.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, I, I I liked Munich after uh, the first day. I was in other cities; they were also nice, but Munich it was like immediately. That's it. I'm moving in here. Okay. Well, how can people find you now? Like, should I share with them your uh, Instagram profile, LinkedIn, or do you have also a blog or somewhere where you um, wanna want them? You want to lead them to so they can follow your adventures and so on. What's the best way for them to get in touch if they have questions or they want some mentorship or join your running club?
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Instagram or LinkedIn are probably the two that I'm most active on. So I probably always get back to people if they contact me there.
0: All right, we'll do that. Well, I thank you so much for uh, making the time for our call. And I am hoping to see you very soon again. I guess Wednesday morning if you're not going tomorrow. Yeah. and maybe we can uh, do a session together on that cold uh, river yeah. I'm already looking that's it for today's conversation thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed the key insights that we shared on this podcast interview don't forget to hit the subscribe button if you didn't subscribe yet, and head to my website thebodyandmindcoach.com/blog to find exclusive articles about various personal and professional development topics. And finally, if you are an athlete or a business professional who's looking for help to advance your career and navigate through whatever challenges that you may be facing to win your game, or if you are a corporate organization who would like to offer their team a workplace well-being workshop. Or if you are a sports team who's looking at unlocking their full potential, go to my website, thebuddyandmindcoach.com, scroll to the bottom and hit the contact button and reach out. Thank you and enjoy your day.